Today's episode of the Listen In Podcast is brought to you by you, the faithful listener. Thanks for listening. Uh, give us a shout out on Twitter at ListenInPod and enjoy the episode. Listen In Podcast. We are back with more tune for your head top. So watch how you speak on my name, Jake. I will have to watch out, Sean. I will. <laughs> That's um. episode 65 of the Listening Podcast. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, we are talking Drake this week. A lot of Drake talk. It was a good. It was such a good impression that I think people probably <laughs> legitimately wondered. But yes, there has been a lot of Drake talk. Yeah. Um, new. So what is this exactly? So, Seems like it's an album, but he was calling it a playlist. Yeah, this is a good place to dive in, actually. So new new Drake is out. It's called More Life. He is billing this as a quote-unquote playlist. Yeah. Not a mixtape, not an album, a playlist. He says it's a soundtrack for your life, basically. So I guess let's start there. What, what, what do you think playlist means? So a couple things. I've heard a couple conflicting reports that make me wonder. One, I've heard some um, th- stories to make me believe that he's going to continue to update this. Yeah. Like, over time, just add tracks when he, like a, like a playlist. So kind of doing the Kanye West, Life of Pablo, I'm going to, this is a living, breathing thing. Yeah, but almost on a more formalized level where he's like, it's not an album, it's a playlist. Like, right. it, like literally is a playlist that I'm just going to keep adding to. And he's thinking of it differently. The other thing I heard today is that it's coming out on CD soon. I also heard that. So I don't really know what to make of of those two disparate things. Yeah, so my take on this is he's calling it a playlist to give himself kind of an out on if this wasn't received well. Because that's I think a really that's probably the right I take. I think actually. Drake it's a good call. was very cognizant of the fact that views wasn't received super well. And we'll get into that with some of the content of this album. Yeah. And I think he left the door open to be like, well it's just a playlist. So if you don't like it, like it's well it's not like a formal release. Like he's not even dignifying this with a mixtape title like he gave if you're reading this. The thing is, is, it's tricky because the hierarchy of what these these designations mean, mixtape versus playlist versus album, like, I, it's hard to know what's more important today. I mean, because the thing is, is like, someone like Chance the Rapper releases mixtapes that yeah. are as good as albums and are like taken as seriously as albums. I don't think there... And so does Drake. I don't think there's a distinction anymore. I think the output is just the output, and people are ranking these on the same plane. People are ranking... More life, and if you're reading this on the same level as views and take care, so I, it, I don't think it really matters what you call it anymore. Well, what's interesting is that this playlist and the mixtape that was, if you're reading this, it's it's too late. Yeah, um, I think have both been received much better than his formal album yeah. views, which came out last year. That's right. Um, and I know I like both better as well. So it, I don't know. I wonder. Do you? Th- is there something to be said about like there's less pressure for Drake? And I think, uh, yeah, I think and there's. So he's going to play a little yeah, more fast and loose. That's what it, I think. That's what it is. Did he take views too seriously? Almost? Yes, I, I really think he did. And I was reading a, a few different pieces this week that were talking about it, and it was like if you give Drake all of the time to make a quote unquote masterpiece album, he's going to take all that time and. It's going to be overburdened with all those expectations. When you have something like, if you're reading this, or you have something like More Life, where he can try all these different things without a lot of consequences or expectations, I think that's when Drake is at his best, actually. 
And I think this is a good place to kind of dive in about or what I was going to say was we sh- do you want to dive in with the trust tree? Yeah, That's yeah, a good let's place go, to start let's go for trust me. tree. Let's the, go So we usually do a segment later in the show, but we both had Drake style trust trees to do. So what what was your trust tree about about Drake? My trust tree this week is that even though I have enjoyed some Drake in the past, I think it's been a common dichotomy on this show that Sean loves Drake and I get painted as hating Drake, even though it's not the case. And I, me. And and by hating Drake, you also hate me, and your co-host. And Sean. I hate both Sean and Drake um, because of the fact that Sean likes Drake's music. Um, not the case, but I will say that I, I got to own up that when I saw this dropped over the weekend, when I started seeing some murmurings on Twitter about Drake dropping a new project, and then when I looked and saw it was this 81-minute-long mixtape no not mixtape playlist i felt a little queasy i did feel a little sick to my stomach because i i gotta say last year with views i think i all but burnt myself out the way i listened to it the way i tried to do it i because i've never been the biggest drake fan and it's not i think any drake fan will tell you it's not his best record and we were doing the podcast so i was trying to i wanted to have opinions i wanted to be able to speak to all the songs on the album, and I burned myself out hard, um, and haven't listened since. And so when this came out, I was like, "Oh no!" I just I felt like I I, I honestly was dreading listening. Mm. But so, we can get into this later. But yeah, liked it more than I thought. So to sum up, you were not excited for more tune for your head top. I didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> Had I known, I might have been a little more excited. Um, but yeah, I just was, you know. I was just like, dude, really? Like another? This is another hour twenty of Drake I have yeah. to slug through, and I didn't know what it was going to be like. He was wildly successful off of Views with a couple yeah. of those songs, like One Dance and stuff. Like, why would he change his sound at all? And I, 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 mean, I will say that a change in Drake's sound is like not necessarily that drastic. Um, and we'll get into the album more after. What's your trust tree? What's your well? Home? I think this one should actually come a little bit later. Okay, all right. Uh, it, all should, right. it should come a little bit later. It's not directly related to views, or I'm, I'm sorry, more life. But we we can get into that a little bit later. So I think this is a good time to kind of dive into kind of our thoughts about more life and in and, yep. and everything about it. So my initial feeling, just right off the bat, is that this is this is flat out better than views. I think it's pretty clearly better. Yeah, I think the songs are better. I think it has a better overall sort of vibe and energy going on. And I still do wonder if it has something to do with the pressure of the the major full-length release mm-hmm. over the not-so-much-pressure over a mixtape or a playlist. Although, again, I'm not so clear on what the distinction is in his mind, because it seems like he's churning out at least a similar or better quality. So I don't fully get it, but I, I totally agree. And I think it goes back a little bit to the fact that, and I, and I actually I brought this up when we were talking about views, where I asked you if Drake was actually going to be conscious of the fact that views was not taken as well as some of his other albums, and That's I asked right. you, is this going to have an effect on him? Is he going to change his style at all? What and was I, my response? Do you I remember? think we kind of settled on the fact that like, no, he wasn't because he's still going to be successful anyways, and he was. He was still successful, but he actually kind of did switch things up a little bit. There's a lot of stuff on here that directly talks about views and what was going on with that. It seems like he's consciously flipping the narrative that was established when he wrote views. 
and it seems like he's trying really hard to get away from the paranoia and the negativity and the coldness that views seem to encompass in particular and there's lyrics throughout the entire the entire record that are about this or or all throughout more life one of the really most obvious ones in particular is on that last track do not disturb which is like that freestyle that he always does i actually love this about drake he always does like a freestyle where he's just spitting verses with no chorus or anything it's just a beat and he just raps about like where he's at in his life and at the end he says see you in summer 18 right that's right yeah so he's coming back big surprise but also um he he has this line where he goes, "I was an angry youth while I was, or when I was writing views, saw a side of myself that I just never knew." And there's a lot of stuff on this album that kind of reflects back on that, where he he has his mom leaving a voicemail or whatever, being like, "I see a lot of negativity in you. Like you need to like let go of that." Just the way he's talking about things in general seems a lot less negative than it was on views i think he really took a lot of that criticism to heart or at least he realized that hey me whining about how rich i am and all of my failed relationships maybe isn't the most compelling thing to do album after album so i think he's shifted things ever so slightly to make drake fun again yeah uh and that's been really refreshing to hear make drake fun again is a great sort of a slogan Mm -hmm. for him that should have been the name of the album Mm. so i think my take on it is a little less nuanced because um, my relationship with Drake, as I've already established, is less. You of, hate him, right? And I hate him. No, it's <laughs> but it's it's a little less positive. I, he's I Drake's music is not as big a part of my life as it seems to be for yours, mm-hmm. and I just I don't listen all that much. When I do, it's usually because the album came out and it's a big story or whatever. And so for me, it's weird because while I can't speak to any specific reason why I like this more. I mean, maybe it's just the spin it's getting. I mean, for all I know, it could be just the way it's being spun. Yeah. But what I do know is that I have been actually looking forward to listening to this more than I had to views. And there are just more songs that I enjoy on this and the overall vibe I like more. Um, I think what happened with views, too, is like I didn't realize until sometimes months later how good some of the songs were. Because like One Dance, for example, I thought One Dance was fine. I thought like it was catchy or whatever. I think I was so caught up in the slog of getting through this sort of bleak gray album. Like the cover was gray, mm. it just the beats were so minimal. Mm-hmm. It was sort of depressing and it just wasn't totally my style to begin with that I was so locked into like I got to get through this. I got to listen to the whole thing. I would kind of miss some of the nicer moments. Yeah. Like I kind of missed one dance and I wasn't until oh that has a billion plays on Spotify yeah. and is kind of a jam that I really went back and realized yeah, that, that's a good song, and there's other good songs on there. So I actually shifted my mentality a little bit with this. I've decided I'm just going to listen more casually. So I'm only at four listens so yeah. far to this album where I didn't want to force it. I was like, if I'm going to like some of these songs, I'm going to try to pick some out. Mm-hmm. Passion Fruit is a huge, yes. it's a, um, a highlight for me. Yep. Um, I actually like, you know what one is not getting a lot of attention, but I wanted to shout out, um, Get It Together. Yeah, it's the, it, yeah. Two songs after Passion Fruit. It's like a really nice song. Fun fact: just got a best new track on Pitchfork, that so song, it is getting some. Oh, it is well, getting some play. Well, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll specify what I meant by that is that on Spotify, it's not in the top ten okay. or anything like gotcha, that. It's gotcha. not like it doesn't seem like it's one of the to more get popular. that sh- to get. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tune. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it got a best new track. Yeah. I just saw that like I was looking for it in the top ten on Spotify yeah. and saw that it wasn't on there. Um, and so I think what I'm going to have to do and what I'm starting to do is just change my mentality around Drake a little bit. Because 
at a certain point, he's not the problem. I'm the problem. Yeah, that's right, what you got to right. realize. It's like if you're being this annoying, crotchety person about something that a lot of people like, it's it, you know, it's more on you. Yeah. I, and so I got to try to find a way to em- embrace it a little bit more. Maybe I'll never love Drake, but I, I got to like him more. So you brought up a couple good points there, where when you went back and you realized that there's actually good songs on Views, I 1,000% agree with you. I think Views actually gets a really bad rap in I general. Think it probably I, unfairly more so. Than it deserves, yeah. It's cool. It's the cool thing to say that Views sucked. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the narrative right from the jump. And just to clarify and to be fair, I never said it sucked right. back in the day. I didn't love it, right. but I, I... It's... it's Look, it's too long. Yeah. Uh, but this is the same length and it's better. This, it, right. More life. Views is good, though. I, I, I will just... I'll, I'll go to bat for views any day. Sure. You brought up the other point about One Dance, and I think Drake realized that songs like One Dance and Controla were or too good, were some of the best songs that were on views. And these all kind of had a fun, loose, warm, island feel to them. Yeah, yeah. And he's going back to the well on this. So he's going with a lot of that Jamaican-style island feel to a lot of the songs on here and there's a run right at the beginning of passion fruit um uh get it together blem mariba rhythm rhythm where he's doing that that whole island vibe thing and it goes a long way in making this record more enjoyable and you it's right at the beginning too like a lot of those island themed songs on views weren't till the second half of the album and I think him putting those right up at the front and doing a block of like four songs in a row that are like that go a long way in establishing a different sort of feel for more life. That's a good point. And um, yeah, I think that it's just like subconsciously I've sort of felt the same way about it. And you know what is sort of a brilliant thing that, that Drake did um, with uh, Views last year? It's, it's sort of a different thing. But this Fake Love, it looked like had a ton of listens yeah. on Spotify before this came out. And it, he's shoving this at the end of the album. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're laughing at me. No, I know exa- I know what you're going with here. It's I'm just no, I'm just gonna say it. Like he's smart to do that. Oh well, yeah. To put these huge songs that are already big at the end of a oh okay a long list of tracks because people stream through. So the reason why he he's doing that actually is he's gaming the system again. Like, That's what I'm like, saying. Like he did with um, oh for double with streams. Hotline Blank. So. Hotline Bling obviously was like one of the most played songs of all time, streaming wise. He throws that at the end of views. So he's getting all of the streams for Hotline Bling that are counting towards his album sales for views. Yeah. He's doing the same thing here um, on on More Life, where he's sticking a, a single that got a ton of plays onto the end, and he's kind of gaming the system to get more of those plays. And I also think too, the calling this a playlist yeah. makes having a bloated album more acceptable. Yeah, totally. Because that was another criticism that was levied against Views is like, oh, he's just putting on as many tracks as possible to get as many streams as possible and boost album sales. But if you call it a playlist, Jake, yeah. that, hey, this is this is a soundtrack for your life. That goes along with, like, the, some, the best solution is the most simple solution. <laughs> That's just a classic, like... First idea, someone bounced off the wall, marketing solutions. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what can we do? Call to... it a playlist. <laughs> Does uh, anyone else have a better idea? It's like they're all looking around the room. Will that work? Like, they sort of, <laughs> like no one oh, can believe shit. it. Yeah. And it does. Yeah, I think yeah. it actually does change your mindset from the jump. It does. But what I was going to say is that from a track listing standpoint, 
in addition to stacking the front with these songs that like Passion Fruit and Get It Together and um, Blem, and th- by the end he also has a Kanye uh, collaboration. That's right. That's right. Um, with Glow and Fake Love right near the end, and I feel like he kind of spreads the. Um, and it looks like right in the middle is the collaboration with um, Migos. Two no, where's the one with the dude from Migos? Oh yeah, Portland. Yeah. That's like right in the middle. Yeah, isn't it, it is right in the middle. And then you have a Young Thug feature right, you know, second to last. So you know the what? Ultimate I'm, song. So. I'm realizing that that's not that's not like a calculated track listing. That actually just means it's good. Right. That's all that means. I'm <laughs> right, realizing right. like that I'm trying to make this point where I'm like, oh, it. How is this some calculated <laughs> thing he's doing? It actually just means it's a good track list. <laughs> right, right. It's like it's really strong. So one of my other favorite things about More Life is that Drake is doing what, in my opinion, Drake does best where he is introducing new and weird words into the collective lexicon okay. of of just pop culture and the internet and meme. It's the memification of of his music. So if you look at everything that's going on in this album, you have a song title called Blem. And I knew right away, I didn't even hear this song yet. I just looked at the track list and I saw Blem. I was like, what is this about? This is going to be a word that everybody says. So he's got Blem which is a a new adjective that people can use that's going to be the caption of like every Instagram this summer of every person on the beach or doing whatever they're doing this summer. They're going to say, I'm blim for real. Yeah. You got more tune for your head top. You got Ting. You have him adopting this almost this like island vibe and this accent and he's calling things tings. Tings. Uh, kind of going back and forth on that too. Yeah, he does. He, he slips in and out of that. And he said he has used "ting" before, but never as blatantly as he's been doing here. He also is taking advantage of his um, friendship with Popcan, who is like kind of an island. Is it Popcon? Popcon. Popcon. Yeah. Popcon. Like, yeah. Uh, and he's throwing in words like "unruly" all the yeah. time. Unruly. Like these are all things that are going to start being internet memes and are going to start being things that, you know, lame people like us are even going to be hip to and are going to start saying, we're going to say it ironically because we know we're not cool enough to pull it off, but that's how this all starts. I agree. And I think that I discovered this time around in in relation to what you're saying, what is one big distinction between my relationship with Drake and your relationship with Drake? And that is you have always been a person who loves that kind of stuff and loves new phrases and actually amongst our friends you always slip in new words <laughs> yeah. and other people start saying them it's they actually do. true they do and i think you love doing this <laughs> i really do i think you I love doing it funny i know it, it is funny I, this is not a criticism <laughs> like i sent you a snapchat the other night of my girlfriend's dog yes. and i said sadie is blem for real big shout and to you were sadie. like i thought that was a like a typo <laughs> i was like no no well it was, it was before not. i had listened right. because i i didn't listen for a little while after this came out and that's what it is is i i think one thing and this puts your love of Drake to a whole other yeah. level, is you look forward to these. Oh, yeah. I think you, I do. you love... And this, again, I, I can't be clear enough saying this is not a criticism. I'm just looking for reasons. Because I, I think it's funny, too. I'm either not as good at finding them or am just less interested in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Naturally less inclined. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe it goes down to you being more of a lyrics guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they are funny. And I, I think... Um, what Does Blem mean high? Yeah, it does. 
It does. <laughs> so when you say I'm blimp for it's, real, I might just say how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, oh. it means, I think, generally in this context and what it's going to become to mean is like, I'm kind of fucked up. I'm, like, my inhibitions are low. Like, I'm blimp for real, man. I'm blimp for yeah, real. Yeah, like, how funny will it be if you're at a party with your friends, you've had, you know, a few drinks, and you come up to someone and you just go, I'm blimp for real. <laughs> and, like, you just start, like, laughing. Because it's like you're not the kind of person... Who, like, should ever be saying that? Right. It's like, I'm this lame white dude. Oh, I'm yeah. saying, like, I'm blim for real. Like, I totally That's agree. what Drake brings to, to the masses, which is so funny. Also, I think Blem in particular, the song, that, first of all, that's my favorite song on this playlist, album, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs of the year, to be honest with you. Blem is. I've, I've streamed it so many times already. This song is ripe for memification. So there, there's something in it... Uh, Towards it, it's one of the the catchiest parts. It's one of the verses, and he goes, "So move for me when you're extra. Move for me with the pasta, dude." There's gonna be things where it's like, it's gonna be like meatballs with the pasta. Like there's gonna be all sorts of different stuff like this that's gonna be coming out. Like I've already seen a bunch of Twitter videos of people dancing to like the passion fruit. Like they took the the dancing scene in Pulp Fiction yeah. and put it to passion fruit of them just like. Dancing like Vince Vega dancing and stuff like that. Okay. So like, there's gonna be all sorts of memes of this, and this is what's so great about Drake, where he he appeals to so many different people. He appeals to people like us, serious, serious music fans. Right. He appeals to just the general pop fan. He he appeals to the hardcore like hip hop rap fan. So many different people know Drake, yeah. And you can talk about him to almost anybody, and everyone's gonna have a different opinion. Yeah, he is like a cultural monolith. He's someone who is, and the thing is, is like people have different opinions on him. Some people hate him. Oh, yeah. Some people love him. But the thing, but is, at least you can talk about. You him. can talk about him with pretty much anyone, and pretty much anyone knows who he is. Um, and I think that that is maybe part of the thing is like not. Everyone who's coming at Drake is coming at him from an angle that I'm trying to do. No, we're trying to do where no. it's like, I'm going to listen to this album. A lot of people, I think most people, saw this drop and they're like, let's find the best songs on here and like jam to them all summer long. And they immediately did because the first six tracks yep. are four of the best ones on here and they're all those island vibes. So the hot take Twitter people can be like, new Drake is fire. Right. When it's like, well... Yeah, there was the same style of songs at the end of Views that you probably just didn't get to yeah. because you were slogging through, like, keep the family close and shit like that. That's, right. like, not the best way to start an album. You know what I'm just realizing is that, really, Drake, if he couldn't rap, would be an amazing Dude, marketer. I almost I like Drake singing better than I do rapping. And I'm saying, outside of all of that... He'd be good in like an advertisement market. Like, say he just rap never took off for him. Yeah. Music never took off. He could work for like a firm yeah. and come up with like Don Draper taglines. <laughs> yeah, he was like you're saying, like, it's hey, dude, he'd be coming up with like meatballs with the pasta <laughs> for like penne noodles. Yeah, he, he's good at coming up with stuff that is bankable. Right. That's the thing. It's like, and if honestly, if you take him too seriously, the joke's kind of on you. Yeah. That's what I've realized. That's the thing. But what makes it tough though, Sean, is that Drake comes across like he takes himself oh, very, he very seriously. So hard. Yeah. He takes himself very, very seriously. He does. And so it's this weird sort of paradox where He's it, a cheese ball, though. Like he, that's yeah. the thing, and I think he knows he knows it. it. Yeah. But he he like kind of acts like a tough guy. Like on on songs like on uh, No Long Talk. 
Like, he's like, I gotta fix, uh, no long talk, uh, yeah. like, and then there's, like, gunshots in the background. It's like, all right, dude, like, you're, you're not, like, this hard gangster. Right, and I think that sometimes the humor of that might get lost right. in the mix. Like, it, uh, yeah. is he joking, really? It seems like he does have a sense of humor about himself, but sometimes he raps, like, views seemed very serious. Mm. A lot of views seemed really Overly serious. serious, yeah. And I think for some, and he actually kind of speaks to this on one of the songs when he's like, oh, are my problems not real anymore? Whereas, like, right, yeah. I'm, I'm making money for yeah. my sick mom. Like, does that not right. matter anymore? I think the answer to that is kind of yeah. Break. <laughs> like, so, so at this point, like, you, it might be a little tone deaf yeah. to be, like, bitching about the fact that I have problems, too. Yeah. It's like, well, you're also, like, a probably a billionaire. I, yeah, and I think it's on uh, it's on that first song, uh, Free Smoke, where he's like, yeah. I, I'm too rich to say poor me. And it's like. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, yeah. But he's hey, he's still a person. Aubrey Graham, still he, a person. He is certainly still a person, and he has flaws. That's actually basically yeah. that's like the thesis statement of Drake. Yeah, I'm still a person. I still have flaws. That's, that's, that's right. just like I'm famous. I'm like good looking, and I'm a good rapper, good singer. But I still am flawed. I'm still <laughs> yeah. sensitive. Yeah, that's just that's basically the thesis statement of Drake. Overall, for me. I, I gotta say, uh, I'm gonna eat crow here, Sean. I'm, 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 I'm just gonna own up. I'm glad to hear it. No, because be I was, and I, I told you in that initial text when I, when I told you, I'm dreading listening to this. I knew I'd like it more than I thought I yeah. would, but I did not think I was gonna like it. That was the problem. Is yeah. like I knew that once I got to it, there'd be songs I enjoyed. And to be honest with you, I could see that if I just take it slow. Nice and easy with this album. Listen when I'm feeling it. Listen just to some songs I like. I could see carving out uh, a a new kind of relationship with his definitely, music. Definitely, definitely. So, that's that's great. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Um, outside of meatballs with the pasta, uh, I have just one one note here. So I I've listened to this a lot in yeah. a lot of different contexts already. I've noticed this album sounds noticeably better, like a lot better, when you're listening to it over speakers rather than headphones. Really? Like I really think. The beats that are on this album and, and what's happening here need space to breathe. Uh, like I was listening on on speakers in my in my bedroom, and I had uh, passion fruit on and blem, and like those have such a better bounce to them. Where like you can't help but just like move your hips to those songs. Dude, the production on passion fruit is so cool. Passion that, like, from miles away. That part, but especially that intro. Beat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nah, nah, fuck that, fuck that, yeah. It's such a, it's actually an awesome beat. It's one of my favorites he's done. Me too, it's great. Sounds freer and looser and bigger over over speakers where, like, you almost can't help but dance to it. I noticed when I've listened on headphones, it does sound a little bit more contained. It doesn't sound as full as it does on speakers. And I think that might be to its credit especially as we get into the warmer months where i think more life is going to end up being one of these records or at least songs from it are going to be ones that soundtrack the warmer months and soundtrack the summer for a lot of people maybe some of that speaks to what happened to me with views as well because i when i started hearing some of the popular songs on it outside of the context of my headphones I, I actually started to like some of it better too. I haven't listened to this on speakers yet. To more life, Ooh, it's it's a great experience, okay. and I, honestly, I think that's kind of the point of these songs. I think that's kind of how they make them and produce them is to be played loud with a kind of a lot of bass and like right. in like a party setting, not yeah. not in a secluded headphones listen where it's like maybe 
not super loud. Yeah, the the like music nerd who listens to music in the office yeah. all day is not the target demo no. of a new Drake no, album. No. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing to take away from yeah, this, at least, yeah. at least for me. Yeah, if, I, I would agree. And I'm glad. I'm gr- I'm glad you you've kind of had that realization yeah. with Drake. Um, because the thing is, I don't like. I never want to give the impression I hate Drake. Right. It's unfortunate that that's the case. I think what happens with opinions like that, especially when you talk about music once a week on a podcast, right. is if you have an opinion that's different at all from someone else's. The, the impression can be like, oh, you hate... It, like, it happens with Beach House all the time. I like them a little less right. than some people. Right. Right. And the, what the reaction is, oh, Jake like, hates Beach right. House. Right. I think that happens to other people, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, meatballs with the pasta. Uh, what are the real words to that word? <laughs> it's, it's like, go for me when you're extra something something with the pasta. It's like, <laughs> okay. it's like this okay. other slang term, pasta. That would be a good... Like, I remember one time I was at a diner. And I saw, um, you know how they have, the, like, restaurants will have the chalkboard yes. and, like, the diner chalk? Yes. One I saw was Admiral Akbar from Star Wars <laughs> yeah. saying, it's a frap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have one of Drake, like, doing the... doing the Meatballs yeah, with the pasta. Of him, like, spinning pasta around a <laughs> yes. fork. But in the way, like, the I'm eating type <laughs> right, of thing. Right. Like, that, like, basketball. Like the James Harden. Exactly, eaten. exactly. Yeah. That would uh, be great. Uh, so before, before we move on to, to other new releases this week... I wanted to give you quickly my trust tree about Drake. Oh, yeah. Because this past week, I've been listening to More Life a lot. It has compelled me to go back and listen to Views, which, as you know, is, I think, better than what people think. But I also listened to Take Care Again, Mm -hmm. which is actually my favorite Drake album. My piping hot take on Take Care is that this is my second favorite rap album of this decade. Take Care Behind only Twisted Fantasy. I could I could have seen that I feel and from you. I, I think other people would be like, "Wait, really? Like, take care." It's like, but we've had other Kanye albums and we've had Kendrick Lamar. It's like, yeah, those are all great albums. But if we're talking about pure enjoyment of I, I'm gonna keep going back to it's take care. I, you know, I love Pimp a Butterfly. I love Good Kid, Mad City. I love Yeezus. The, I don't go back to those as much as I do take care. I go back to take care like once every month or two and i'm like this is fucking awesome yeah i don't ever listen to like kendrick albums anymore really Mm -hmm. like i they're just they feel like work almost in a way where Mm -hmm. drake doesn't and drake is it's fun and also like i go back now and i listen to take care and i'm like holy shit like he had the weekend on a song like crew love where the weekend is now just as big of an artist as drake was and drake had the wherewithal to like pick this guy out and be like, you're coming to my record. He had Kendrick doing an awesome verse on the Buried Alive interview before Kendrick was anything, before anyone knew who that was. He's like, you're coming on, you're doing a guest verse. Yeah. He had all these little things, and I think that's something that people don't talk about with Drake, is his his ear for, for up-and-coming artists and his ability to curate. I think he's a lot like Kanye in that way, and I think that's one of the best skills of a hip-hop or rap artist this decade is being able to curate and be like, this is what's going to be hot in a year. And part of it is because I say so. Hmm. And I think that's a big thing about Take Care, where Take Care still sounds entirely fresh because he has all of these people who are big, big stars right now on that album. So it feels very contemporary in that way. Uh, but yeah, Take Care, I, I would say, is my second favorite rap album behind uh, Twisted Fantasy. That's my my trust tree kind of, really? Huh? Yeah, I mean, so I 
I don't feel the same way, but I'm not. I don't think especially surprised. Yeah. In fact, if I were to try to have guessed your ranking of favorite rap albums, I may have put it in your top three to yeah. five. Because yeah. I know you love that album. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think according to like common consensus, that probably is a more stunning thing than it is to me. Probably. I think, um, yeah. So Take Care As The Years Go By is regarded as like kind of a modern day classic, actually. It, hmm. As we're like a few years removed, it is getting a reputation as like, wow, that was awesome um i think when you compare it to albums like good kid mad city or to pimp a butterfly critically no it probably isn't considered as good i think if you took a poll of maybe the average music listener i think you'd be surprised at how high take care ranks i bet i bet it's been listened to more yeah than either of those albums maybe good kid is close yeah yeah at this point right to pimp a butterfly is just a it's a challenging listen yeah it is it's It's a good and it's actually going for a completely excuse me different yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely and so it's definitely it's one of those things where it's like it almost is hard to compare yeah it is where you you if because there's like favorite versus best and the thing is you could you could make the argument like you might even be saying take care is better right like and that i mean the thing is is it's so subjective it, it, from and different it, it, it depends on your criteria that's exactly too. the point like, yeah. like the criteria i would use to say take care is the best is because of its broad cultural appeal and its pop sensibility where on the other hand if you were arguing for one of those kendrick albums you'd be saying well it's the artistic vision and it's the message behind it it's it's, it's the a, instrumentation and things like that so i think it it depends on your criteria and you could cut it any way you want yeah kendrick has like a broader social appeal right and is more i guess meaningful in right a, in a broader sense outside of like just drake because I mean, drake, drake it draws a lot on his ego it seems right. and on his very personal and there's nothing wrong with that that's actually like a lot of people what, can maybe relate to some of the things that that he's talking about yeah and that's the thing is sometimes when you when you stray more inward that you actually become more relatable because yeah. of it it has become tougher on later drake releases if, and, if it's it's diminishing returns after a while. Well, not even just diminishing returns. It's like you become your problems become less relatable. Right? Yeah, that's you're true. not that's like true. like when he's like, I I probably what did he say? He's like I'd probably like explode if I didn't win, but I that never but, happens. Uh, yeah, or whatever. exactly. Like, whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. I messed that entire yep. line up. It's yep. like yeah, we know. All right. Like all right, the rest right, of us are all fighting uh, for second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, or like I want to move to Dubai so I don't have to hang out with none of y'all. It's like well. All right, man. Like, yeah. well, I'm not going to move to Dubai. Yeah. So I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. That's interesting. Speaking of looking inward and talking about really some some personal yeah. um, issues, I think this is a good segue to talk about our next release, which honestly, I think is b- just as good or better of, of an artistic statement than More Life is. This is the new Sorority Noise record. Uh, you're not as blank as you think. Um, so this is the new album from Sorority Noise. Uh, Cameron Boucher, big friend of the pod. We've had big him on before. Pod. Big shout. Um, just got an 8.0 from Pitchfork today. Getting a lot of good press, good reviews in general. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on the new Sorority Noise album? Uh, well, I think I'm going to speak to the Pitchfork thing first because um, if you know Pitchfork and maybe if you follow them like we do, or even just through us on the podcast, you know that we give them flack all the, all the time for not really respecting this specific sort of genre or niche in music of sort of emo and punk. 
and an 8.0 review from them just if people don't know for an album like this it may as well be like a 9 or a, it, like a 10 right it's like it's a really really positive review from Pitchfork who basically deliberately doesn't get like I, I just don't think we're gonna see a best new music in this no. in this um, sort of genre um, in terms of the album itself I've been loving it I, I and I think what's really interesting about sorority noise is I mean, they are now amassing this really strong catalog. Mm. You have Forgettable came out first, and then Joy Departed two years ago, and now um, you're not as blank as you think. Um, difficult album title to say naturally. Really cool, uh, at least stylized. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's a cool, interesting stylized album title. It's not one that's easy to roll off the tongue. Um, but they they're going on quite a run, and something it's it's made me think about is. Where they stand in this sort of the emo punk scene a little bit because it seemed like for a long time we talked about this last year. Modern baseball was the clear and far and away most popular, got the most attention band out of this scene, and it does seem like with some of the news regarding that band where they have kind of imploded a couple times in different ways, they're now not going on tour. Um, you know, the opportunity to capitalize on this success doesn't come all the time. And as a band, I think bands would be surprised how limited your window is to jump when you have that chance. And it does seem like Sorority Noise, with this record, getting the attention it's going to get, um, they, from a competitive standpoint, if you want to look at it that way, they have sort of a chance to pass them uh along that highway, so to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought the same thing. I thought this was a, a huge opportunity for Sorority Noise to kind of fill that void that modern baseball left when they canceled their tour, and it appears they're going on an extended hiatus, perhaps a permanent hiatus. Who knows what the status of that band is going to be. And that's unfortunate. It not, is. It's, it's not to say we're rooting for it. No, no. But, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, the reality is that, like, you know, there might be a, a, a gap to fill there. And I think with this new record, Sorority Noise has kind of maybe become that torchbearer for the for the genre. I mean, you know, they were supposed to go on tour with them, you know, friends. They, you know, they, they know each other. There's actually a modern baseball reference on, a lyrical reference on, on one of the songs on here on Better Son. And Julian, right on, back to that. And back. Julian Baker reference as well. So, you know, I, I think... Um, there's definitely an argument that could be made that, you know. And I think just to be fair, I think we should at least, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, like, we we both personally know Cam. We, we went to high school with him and have maintained some relationship with him over the past couple of years and while he's been in Sorority Noise. And so we've gotten the chance to, you know, see him here and there when he comes back home, or I don't know if he'd call it home, but coming back to Manchester um, Guile Chester. Yeah, that's right. Hermes <laughs> er- Link. Ice Blue Mink. A lot of Drake references <laughs> coming in future episodes, listeners. Tattoo on my ribs. Like, I do not know what permanent is. You got it. Just be ready for this. This is going to be all the time. Um, so I think to be fair, one, I'm sure Cam himself and the band don't view it as this great competition with modern baseball. It's just an interesting. It's thing a fun. It's a fun narrative for uh, people like us to talk about. For though. us to spin, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, because in my opinion, they have a chance to to jump into the supremacy seat. Yeah. But that's probably not how they're thinking. And about I mean, it. like, look, here's the deal. The, on its own, by itself, without any of this spin or narrative, this is just a great fucking album. Yeah. This is so good. This is one of my favorite albums of the year. I think, in general, 
the band has taken a step in terms of their songwriting. Uh, if you look at a lot of the subject matter of this song, obviously it's very serious. Um, it, it deals a lot with, with death and suicide, um, in particular with, with one of Cam's friends that he knew. Uh, so I think the subject matter of this is, it has some weight to it. Uh, I think the songs do all of that subject matter justice. These are some of my favorite songs that they put together. In my opinion, this is this is my favorite album that that Sorority Noise has done so far. I think it's their strongest batch of songs. Yeah, it, it it's really strong, and I think that it's one of those things where I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm getting too caught up in it's out right now. It's great. I'm loving it in the moment, and for that reason, I'm gonna just immediately cast off the other two albums right. that I also love and say this is now my favorite. Um, my immediate inclination is that it is uh, my favorite Sorority Noise album. I, I think it's just so consistent throughout. Mm. Every track on here like packs a punch, and in different ways. It's they're they're doing some versatile things because you have a song like um, "A Better Son," which is kind of unlike anything they've done yeah. before. It it doesn't really sound like anything in the genre or in the scene. Um, kind of sounds like sort of a pop rock song in a way. Mm. And you know you got Adam, who was in our uh, <laughs> our, our best guitarist bracket, best That's guitarist right. bracket, doing pick slides down <laughs> the fretboard, right. and it's just it, I think what I'm discovering is they're they're pretty versatile because they they're musicians that come from sort of it seems different backgrounds or interests because mm -hmm. Adam the the uh, lead guitarist loved metal and stuff as he described on episode nine of the Listen In podcast. Good plug. Um, which you can listen to on SoundCloud. Uh, he loves metal and like playing lead guitar. And what I think is really to Cam's credit is this band is his vision, but he's sort of allowed those different elements. You know, Charlie's drumming and and a Adam's like shredding basically mm. to come in and coalesce into this sort of natural sound that's sort of unlike other bands in the genre and they're doing a bunch of different sounds on this record like a better like i mentioned a better son then you have a song like car which is this quick right sort of what you'd expect pop punk thing then you have leave the fan on which is it the the beginning with the sort of harmonics going on on the guitar and the really sort of downbeat uh groove they're in the beginning reminds me of like modest mouse like early 2000s mm -hmm. era modest mouse with the emphasis on just groove and and vibe um, and then they explode into a heavy guitar sort of crescendo at the end. Right. So they're doing all kinds of stuff on right. here. Yeah, one of my favorite things about this album has been the f like how many melodies Cam is able to pack into every song. Like, uh, for example, on No Halo, you have the the chorus of, you know, I, 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 sh I didn't show up to your funeral, but I showed up to your house. And he kind of progresses with that until the end when it's like... Um, and, and when you show up to my funeral, will, will you be wearing white or black? And it like kicks into this next gear. And he kind of does the same thing on on Car, where it starts off where it's just like, ooh, this is this nice little like melody that's going along. And then it kind of ratchets up the intensity as it goes each way. And I don't know, just there, there's so many nice little melodies on on this album that that are being put in. Uh, it's. I'm very, very impressed with, with with what this album is doing. I think it's one of the strongest offerings that we've had from this scene, from this genre over the past couple of years, which is saying a lot because it's been a, a packed genre in the last couple of years. What's really cool about it, too, is it's like it's just a really good rock album. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like it definitely gets 
if you're a music writer, you have to pin it to a genre. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to, obviously, it's going to be emo because it's the one that it makes the most sense, you know, being lumped into. I just think what Sorority Nuz, Noise, not Sorority Nuz, that's not a band, Jake. There's no such band as Sorority Nuz. <laughs> what they do so well as a band is they're just a really good rock band. And I think I'm I'm super excited to see them play live in June. Oh, me too. Because I just get the the feeling that they have gotten even tighter as a band. I mean, they've been a unit now, the four of them, for I think over two years. Because the first record was an entirely different group, right. really. I think two of the members that are in 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 its in its, its current form were in the band. Maybe no one except Cam. Yeah. Um. And so now they have two albums under their belt, some touring under their belt. And I feel like you can tell on the the playing on this album that they're in they're they're in sync they're in lockstep yeah. as musicians and you're only going to improve from touring. I just think they're going to well, I think they're going to put on great shows on this. Tour I agree. I'm 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 very excited to see them. Favorite song on this? Favorite song is Car. Yeah. Car easily. No Halo is also up there and Disappeared are my favorites. Those are all up there, but my favorite is one I already referenced, which is um, Leave the Fan On. Um, and I think a big reason is the first time I heard it, I just had an immediate, really strong reaction to it. Um, it's just this cool song, unlike anything Sorority Noise has done before. Like I said, it has sort of more of a groove to it. Um, it's a little longer, and it absolutely explodes at the end mm. with this sort of guitar. I think it's like two guitars, or at least maybe one guitar with an octave setting or something, doing this riff um and it just blows up at the end, and it's it's sort of mimicking the melody of the song throughout. And I don't know. Ever since the first time I heard that song, I've loved it. Also up there is Car. Uh, yeah, disappeared. No Halo. I think a Portrait of would be up mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I the, the thing is, is it gets hard because now I'm starting to list all the songs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love yeah. the two the two letter songs. Letter from Saint Sean. Second yep. letter from Saint Julian. Like. I don't know. I've just really been enjoying this album, and I, I'm proud of Cam. Me too. I, happy, I, I am too. I I'm am really, too. really happy yeah, for him. I am too. Because that, that's no small feat, dude. No, to, no. To like start not one but two bands, and it's a lot of work to just yeah. ha- you know sort of come together with people and like lug shit. It's a lot of lugging shit. <laughs> it's a lot of you got to carry a lot of gear. The, the people don't think about the logistics of being a band. I'm sure it's a big pain in the ass. Right. I mean, he's been doing it since I've, I've known him. Right. I mean, it's hard. We try to talk about music somewhat objectively on the podcast where we're like sort of break music down and, and discuss it from that angle. It's hard not to get caught up a little bit in the fact that like I, I knew this guy and I'm, I'm just proud of him as a person. I, I was thinking about that. Uh, before the episode, and I was like, "Well, you know, people know that Cam's our friend. He, yeah. We've had him on the podcast." And I was like, "Well, even if he wasn't, I would still love this album. Like I would that too. has nothing to do. It, I mean, it does have something to do with how I feel about it. Take that away, I would. This would still be one of my favorite albums of the year. Well, it's clear also because of the reception it's now getting. Right, because they're now higher profile than they were with Forgettable. I remember when Forgettable came out, I really, really liked it." And I remember thinking, like, I don't know if I really, really like it because it's Cam's music. Mm. And, you know, I have some connection with him from high school. Or is it that I just really like it outside of that and that's the cherry on top? I think now there's no doubt. Yes. Like, he's clearly very talented, putting out great music. And, like, these are records I like regardless of any connection I have with the people making them. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, it's just exciting. Yeah. Big shout out to Cam. Big friend of the pod. 
Uh, we have a couple other new releases to talk about, and maybe we can maybe not spend as much time on these. Just yeah, let's we speed have, through these. We have a March Madness bracket to get to. We actually have a lot more to get to. We do. This we is have, a long episode. We have Spoon came out with Hot Thoughts, which is actually what we didn't even say this segment name this time. This is actually our Hot Thoughts segment. What's funny is that th- this all so far, the entire <laughs> this, episode so far, been has hot thoughts. technically been Hot Thoughts. That's right. Because we've decided now that Hot Thoughts is just the segment where we talk about new music. <laughs> That's right. So this episode is brought to you by Hot Thoughts. <laughs> so hot, album. Hot Thoughts finally came out. That's um, right. And then Real Estate came out with their fourth album, In Mind. So, okay, I'm going to break... I, I'm going to... Basically give you my opinion on both of these with one thought here. Okay. These albums are both good. Yep. Okay? They are very solid indie rock releases that came out at a time where a lot of other better stuff came out, more interesting stuff came out. They are so competent, they're boring, and I really am not interested in listening to them that much. That's... It it sucks because they're good albums. They're fine. They are so competent. They're boring, and that I I don't really want to listen to them. And I don't have that much to say because they're just there. They're just there, and it, I don't I don't even know what else to say. To be honest, it's sort of how I've been feeling about it as well. I do think that Spoon Spoon's album is going to be one that I end up liking maybe a little more. I think that. I mean, and it's getting sort of a reception that's in line with this. So again, maybe that's skewing my thoughts too. It does feel like this real estate album is a bit of a step down from stuff they've done before. It does. Um, It's like the same shit. It's just uh, like a half step not as good. But to be fair, I thought that about Atlas when it came out about days. So the thing is, is like, come back to me in 2019 when they're coming out with a new album, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's time to revisit in mind. And then I do, and it's it's awesome. My point about this is. What is compelling you to even go back to this in six months or a year or a year and a half? Why, if you want that real estate sound, why are you listening to In Mind? Why aren't you just listening to Days again? That's my point, though, and that's how I felt about Atlas. I mean, I know Atlas yeah. is considered really, really good. Atlas is better than this, I will say. But I, like, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm also, I, I, what I would also say is that for a long time, I sort of wrote Atlas off because I, I just yeah. sort of listened to it enough. I was like, eh, that's fine. If I want real estate, I know where I'm going. Right. Who knows? I mean, maybe in a couple of years. I think there's uh, there's a few really good songs on here. Yeah, there are. There I, are. I think what happens on the back half of of this real estate album is, it just kind of starts to not be that memorable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it does. At least with Spoon, you get a couple bangers. That's true. Hot Thoughts is an album as a song that I could listen to all the time. Yeah. Can I sit next to you? Is I think my so can I sit next to you is my my favorite on that. It's well. my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I think it's super catchy. Hasn't awesome guitar sounds on it awesome guitar riffs the thing about spoon and it's like actually i couldn't agree with what you said more there spoon is the epitome of just a competent rock band, right and they're great and let let me ask you this about that and i think both real estate and spoon fall into this same category of just being very solid clearly talented but just kind of in the middle yeah is that one of the worst places you can be as a band is just competent in the middle you're good you're not like there's no I actually I, I read an interview with what's his name from real estate. See, I don't even care something, enough something to know Courtney. his name. Something Courtney. Martin Courtney. Yeah. And they were like, it's really he's like, it's really hard to promote an album without any narrative. And like we don't have a narrative. It's like, yeah, it's true. And yeah. like this is gonna get forgotten about in a month. And it really uh, is. Is that a at least if like you're putting out a super shitty record, 
people are going to maybe at least talk about it. Well, I think the thing you could say about both Spoon and real estate is it's kind of the argument of like, yeah, they've altered their sound over time. These are both bands, I think Spoon especially, because you you could probably accuse them of it more. They've changed their sound here and there. But Spoon, I don't know how much have they done of like they've been around for like decades now. Like how much? Twenty years. How much have they tinkered with like some reinvention? I mean, I think that and uh, some huge Spoon fans are gonna be like, uh, they <laughs> want my soul had electronic stuff on it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But you're never mistaking it for oh, this is just another Spoon record I could plug in anywhere. And I think that's it's to their credit, but it's also a little to their detriment for me with Spoon because the problem is. Is like I'd like to get into their catalog, and I actually did some diving into records I had never listened to, like Gimme Fiction this week. I listened to Gaga 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 again. That's hard to say. Um, and I think it's like when I'm listening to Spoon, I'm like, yeah, I enjoy all these songs, right? But I, I'm never super compelled no. just because I feel like I know exactly what I'm exactly. getting from any record ever, and there really isn't that much narrative with Spoon. That's the same with no. real estate. Yeah, I don't think that's a great place to be. That's it's the kind of music totally. that just bores the shit out of me. I'm the same way. I've listened to kind of a lot of Spoon records now. I've listened to all those you said. I've listened to Kill the Moonlight. I've listened to Kill the Moonlight once, too. It's all like, oh, okay, yeah, I get what you're doing after one listen, and I don't need to return to it, really. You know what happened to me, though? I will say with They Want My Soul, their last record, I put in some time. I listened... A lot to that, and it ended up being an album I really, really loved. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's hard to say with these two albums. I guess I would just li- rather listen to Sorority Noise, and I'd rather listen to Drake and like have fun and like feel emotions rather than just like, okay, cool. This is a nice guitar. All right, I'm g- gonna fall asleep. Cool. So uh, <laughs> that, that's fair. That's that's my reaction listening to both these bands. So you, so that cool. makes it sound like you really don't like these albums. No, they're good. They're fine. But they're you're fine. Fall asleep. They're not the most compelling. They're not the most interesting to me. That's hot thought. I'll tell you this right now. That's integrated. That's that's hot thought within a hot thought about a hot thought. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. And here's someone who is not just a rock band. Uh, it's someone that we were referencing before. Kendrick Lamar released an image on Instagram, um, a sort of dubious-looking Roman numeral four uh, on what looked like could be an album cover. What do you think is happening Here's here? what I think. Here's a hot thought for you. I think this is in direct reference to Kendrick Lamar's favorite rock record, Coheed and Cambria 4. I saw that going around Twitter all day. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. I've never so I'm actually really quick on Coheed and Cambria. Never listened to that album. My yeah. brother had it. I will say, Welcome Home is a jam. I okay. really like that song. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that song? No, I haven't. It's the one that has that riff that goes dum I don't know that I've heard it. It's it, I mean, you can probably tell just by the way I'm singing it that it's like super corny. Yeah, yeah. It's actually but it it's, it's kind cool. of a jam. It, yeah. okay. It's it's not oh no no no. It's not cool, Sean. <laughs> okay. It's not cool. I love it though. Okay. I love that song. Um, so I don't even know how much there is of a take. I think it's like he's just going to come out with an album, right? Yeah, that's I think that's happening. pretty much it. Yeah. Really so it's like, okay, about. well, new Kendrick's probably coming in the next six months. What's the deal, by the way, with with artists releasing their fourth album with just four being the name or or like no name? What's the deal with that? I think you by that time you get a little bored with normal naming conventions, and you think you need to switch it up and do something new and different when in reality it's not new and different give me an album called roman numeral v for five yeah. skip do name your fourth album yeah artists that's I, something to think i don't know 
I don't, I don't know. know either. But potentially exciting news from the Kendrick camp. Yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, okay, so that was Hot Thoughts. A lot of new releases this week. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, we big are week for new big, releases. Huge, huge week. The biggest so far of the year. Yeah, it has been. Uh, except for that week when um, JSOM and Laura Marlin came out. <laughs> oh, right, right. That was probably the biggest Forgot week. about that because it was so big. Uh, okay, March Madness bracket time. So last week we kicked off our March Madness, our annual, our second annual mm-hmm. March Madness tournament. We're doing best guitarists of all time. And if you listened to the episode last week, you know that this is not the most serious or scientific. Uh, so much so that we literally flipped coins for about a fourth of our bracket. Oh, and that will return. That will return. So we got through the first round. We have cut it down from 64 guitarists down to 32 guitarists. By the time we are done here, we will have cut this down from 34 guitarists to 8 guitarists. We're doing two rounds. I think you mean 32. 32, sorry. 32. You're thinking of Paul Pierce. Yes, that, Paul Pierce. exactly. We're from the Boston area. The truth. We're going to cut this Paul down. Paul Pierce is a motherfucking truth. <laughs> That's my really bad Shaq impression. Uh, giving a quote to the, terrible. To, the LA, I, to the LA media post. The post, big Aristotle. The big Aristotle. The big Shaqtus. <laughs> That's right. So let's dive into the bracket here. Uh, so we're going to start with our 1950s and 1960s region. We are into the second round here. We have our one seed, Jimi Hendrix. Going up against the nine seed, Bo Diddley. Um, okay, Jimi Hendrix, good guitar player. Sure. But, but, Bo Diddley, we talked about the square guitar last week. That's right. In the one season of vinyl, HBO drama, okay? Which you podcasted about. Which I, I did many episodes about. That we haven't a, done a mini episode in, in a long time. Like a year. It's because vinyl got canceled. That's neither here nor there. In season one of vinyl, yep. the main character had a Bo Diddley square guitar, okay. which he got drunk and high and smashed into his television system. For that reason, going Jimi Hendrix over Bo Diddley. I'm <laughs> you, going Jimmy You Hen- thought I was going to go the I, other way. I thought for sure you were bringing us to the coin there. <laughs> Hell no. And I was no not way. ready for no way. that lapse of justice. No way. Jimi Hendrix moving on to the Sweet 16. Be, uh, Who do we got next, Jake? Big victory for Hendrix there. Kind of a blowout. Um, okay. Chuck Berry, the five seed, who is Ooh. riding an all-time high of publicity this yep. week. Yep. Um, R.I.P. By the way, R.I.P. R.I.P. Even though I on trust tree, quick trust tree, trust tree for you. I couldn't name. I don't know more than two Chuck Berry songs. And uh, another trust tree. This is even more so. Yeah. I don't care. I don't want to know more. You did. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Here's what I'll say. Uh, What are the two? Run, run, Rudolph. Yep. Johnny, be good. (laughs) You know, roll over, Beethoven. Oh, I thought that was just like an old standard. No, he was he the guy who like did it. It's one of his hits. Okay, so it's a rock song. so, So three. Okay, and I'm sure you've heard um, Maybelline. I, I don't know. I, I can't. Really? No, I can't say what it sounds like. Okay. No. Here's so. the thing. Is like is Trust Tree slightly smaller one that I'm I'm less afraid of the sun? I know like five or six. Oh, oh so, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not exactly, you know, I, I don't know that I can brag there. Okay. I'm going Chuck Berry on this because he just died. Because I, I have really never listened to Robert Johnson at all. See, the argument... Which makes me qualified to speak to him. The argument I was going to continue to make for Robert Johnson was the fact of that cool picture of him... Where he's wearing the only suit he owns. Where he's wearing the pinstripe suit that looks a little dusty. 
Yep. And he has that old acoustic guitar and also huge influence on Led Zeppelin and just blues players in general. We could take it to the coin. He could have been an <sighs> no, influence. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disrespect Chuck Berry like that okay. the week he died. Chuck Berry's going on to the Wow, Sean, Sean, really rude of you to sort of disrespect Robert Johnson like that and not even give him a chance. Weird. It's sorry. Sort of a blues sorry. legend. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Sorry. Uh okay. Our next one in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties region we have george harrison of the beatles going up against keith richards of the rolling stones keith richards the three seed going up against george harrison the six seed big rivalry here this is really interesting this might be actually the most serious conversation we have had yet yeah i think so and um i so my immediate gut reaction is this well i like the beatles more um i think i'm going keith i think he is technically a more influential guitar player although George Harrison, throughout a career, he he was sort of unheralded in how much he did yeah. for the Beatles' music, and it was he was like I think a technically a better player, but Keith was just so inventive and is just I think so many people mimic his style. Here, here's the I have the opposite take. I'm going okay. with George Harrison here beca- okay. because of what you said, where yeah. he was he was kind of underrated, and especially with us going back and doing this Beatles deep dive that we did in the fall uh, and summer. I was blown away and very, very impressed by what I was hearing from George Harrison, which I never really had an appreciation for before. Let's go to the coin. We got to go to the coin. coin. George Harrison is tails. Keith Richards is heads. Just so people know, last week we were dealing with that commemorative, what was it, Blue Ridge Parkway coin. This week what we have is a a quarter again, a South Dakota commemorative Mm. coin from 2006. Okay. So that's what we're dealing with. The the, um, Mount Rushmore is Tails. Okay. Could anything be more fitting? Okay. All right, here we go. Tails, George, Heads, Keith. Tails. Tails, Harrison George, Harrison moving on. You know, I to be honest, I, I can't complain about that. You know what, though? I mean, if you if you look at the the album cover to, to Cloud Nine, uh, this was kind of set in stone. Timeless cool. That's right. That That is an album cover that was just meant to never get old or age in any way. <laughs> right. Go, give right. that a quick Google, listeners. You'll, you'll know exactly what we mean. <laughs> George Harrison. Uh, okay, our next one. You want to take this? Sure. Uh, we got Scotty Moore, lead guitar player for uh, Elvis Presley in his heyday, and two seed slow hand Eric Clapton. Um, I'm going Clapton. This is easy. This is Eric Clapton. Let's yeah. let's move on. Eric Clapton. And to be fair, I don't really know the first thing about I, Scotty. I don't Moore. either. He only got to the next round because he won a coin flip. So he did. This was basically a bye week for a Eric game Clapton. Of chance. <laughs> Heads, you die. Heads. You die. It's a two-headed coin. Uh, Okay, we're moving on to the 1970s region here. We have Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He is our one seed going up against the nine seed, Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath. Fun fact, people forget Tony Iommi missing a finger. People also forget that Tony Iommi was a southpaw, lefty. That's right. People also forget Jimmy Page, a member of the occult. Jimmy Page also had a questionable tryst with a 14-year-old. Like, yeah. Um, that being tough. said... Nothing to do with his guitar playing. No, it, it, nothing to do with it. Jimmy Page moves on. Jimmy Page moves on there. Um, just, I think, just in every way. Yeah. Moves on there. Yeah. Tony Iommi was great, though. Uh, next, we have five seed, Pete Townsend of The Who. Going up against four Ooh. seed, David Gilmore, Pink Floyd. Ooh. This is tough. This is a tough one. And this these is are, a tough These one. are only going to get tougher as we go. 
Um, so, okay. I'll lay out my case first. Okay. Love both these guitar players. This is actually really, really hard. While I think Townsend is a more influential musician because he was a better songwriter and had more of a vision for his band, whereas Gilmore was more just the guitar player and sort of melody maker for Pink Floyd, and Roger Waters laid on all the lyrical stuff mm. or most of it. Gilmore has long been one of my favorite just pure guitar Soloists. players. Soloists. Soloists. Lays down color. He does. He j- just out there laying down color. Roger Waters wanted to have scathing political commentary. David Gilmore just wanted to lay down color. That's right. It's the truth. And for that reason, I'm going with the four seed here over my beloved Pete. Jake, two words for you. Yeah. Windmill power chords. That's like four words. It depends on how you... But how you, you could go phrase. either way. It could be two, it could be three, it could be four. Can I just say... For that reason... I'm going Gilmore. Okay. Because what I thought you were going to do. No. And I don't care because that would have been a good one. I thought you were going to say with two words coin flip. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with that. No, I'm going Gilmore because he lays down color. His solos make me feel shit. They do. Yeah. Um, and like, honestly, sorry, Pete Townsend, but honestly, I don't think an album like Tommy or uh, The Who Sell Out really holds up in 2017. I'm going to go ahead and disagree, but, but, but let's move to the next matchup. Okay. Uh, we have the six seed Neil Young going up against the three seed Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers Band. This is a tough one because you know we haven't really spent a lot of time with the Allman Brothers, and we love Neil Young. We do. I love on the beach. I, I do love too. those solos. I love the blues guitar on there. So I'm going Neil Young. There's two ways we could go with this. One, we could compensate for our bias. By doing a coin flip. Yeah. Or two, we could just pick Neil Young. Let's just pick Neil Young because we've gone chalk so far. Okay. This would be an upset. We're going to go Neil Young. Upset for Neil Young. Yeah. I love it. Neil Young moves on. Next, we got 10 seed Frank Zappa of Mothers of Invention fame versus 2 seed Jeff Beck of No One's Ever Listened to Him fame. <laughs> and I, I I challenge anyone listening without Googling it to, to tweet us a Jeff Beck solo song. I bet you can't. You know, because I really couldn't. This Jeff Beck run has been maybe the funniest part of this whole bracket to me so far. I want to see him go on. Either he's going on outright, or we're going to a coin flip for this. I'm gonna pick Jeff Beck because I think that Zappa. I love his music, but here's the thing: if you like Zappa, the one thing you have to know going in is. He's not for everyone, and he's not going to beat Jeff Beck, who and no one we knows don't what know. he sound like. We don't know. The thing is, Jeff Beck is a mystery. He's all reputation. I don't know if the first thing about either. him. He moves on. Uh, next, Sean, what do we have? All right, we're going into the 1980s region, and this is back to you. I thought I just said Zappa and... Yes, but we're... Oh, right, we switched. We're, we're, switch we're switching. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. One seed, Eddie Van Halen comes exploding onto the scene... Against Mark Knopfler so, of Dire Straits. Last week, Mark Knopfler somehow beat out Johnny Marr in a coin flip. Oh, I think that was warranted. He's, I think, a better guitar player. Johnny Marr's cooler. I like, I like I the like Smiths more. The Smiths and Modest Mouse more. People forget Johnny Marr was in Modest Mouse for a bit. Fuck not Mark Knopfler. Eddie Van Halen finger tapped. Okay, I'm going Eddie Van Halen here. I th- I'm going Eddie Van Halen too. He invented a sound and was a true pioneer, even though it's Panama. Not like... <laughs> That's right. Good old David Lee Roth. Too bad he's not in here. Ah, yeah, yeah. He would have lost first round. 
<laughs> not, a, not a musician. Not a guitar player. Uh, okay, our next matchup here, Bruce Springsteen, our 12 seed. Plucky 12 seed. Who upset the 5 seed, that fuckboy The Edge. Uh, so who you now hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had the audacity to go toe-to-toe with Springsteen to in the first round. His, his, his stupid fucking beanie. All right, we have Springsteen, the 12 seed, going up against Prince, the 4 seed. I I can't in good conscience say Bruce Springsteen's a better guitar player than Prince. No, you can't. Uh, we we kind of have to go Prince here. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Because I was going to take you to the coin flip. I thought what you were going to do is just make Bruce get coin flips all the way through. I kind of want to because it's fun. You can. Let's do it. All right. Let's, let's see what happens. We're going coin flip all here. Right. Bruce is the Mount Rushmore Tails. Prince is George Washington Heads. Tails. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Fair is fair. The boss. Yes. That's two straight coin flips. He's won. That's crazy. Just wrap your limbs around these velvet rims all along to the sweet 16. He's going dancing. What do we got next? A couple tasteful, (laughs) tasteful guitar players here, Sean. What we have here is a matchup between guys who... They're all about finding the nooks and crannies in the music, the silences between the notes that make even more impact than the notes themselves. We got Randy Rhodes <laughs> of Come On, Feel the Noise fame. I don't even know if he played that. I don't know if that's that true either. It is true. I looked it up. He it was in Quiet okay. Riot. When I first looked it up, it looked like it was false. It was true. <laughs> okay. Um, versus Slash of Guns N' Roses fame. I'll tell you just right now, straight out, going Slash. I am I too. love the Sweet I, Child of Mine solo. I, yeah. Honestly, as... As much as I actually like dislike Guns N' Roses, yep. it's more so for how much of a fuckboy Axl Rose is. That's 100% of the reason why. Slash? Some nice guitar stuff. Oh, there's no doubt. Like, I'm going Slash pretty easily here. Great guitar player there. I I, I have no problem with that. Uh, Randy Rhodes, as in, as sort of great as he was, I think his, he's more limited in that he's so technical. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, also because he's dead. Uh, true enough. Next, Hard to win when you're dead. Next matchup. Chuck Berry did, though. <laughs> That's true. Slash a lot of people on here. Have. That's true. Uh, next matchup, we have Angus Young of ACDC, our seven seed, going up against Stevie Ray Vaughan, our two seed. Stevie Ray Vaughan, a lot of floppy hats. Uh, Angus Young, a lot of schoolboy uniforms. Pick your poison. Uh, I'm going floppy hat Stevie Ray. On yeah, me too. I Stevie think he's Ray. just the better guitar player. Me too. Um, you know what I love, and I'm sure listeners hate, is that we have... Just oscillated, I think that's the right word, between logic and just complete fickleness and just total pick of like and what coin we, flips. of what we like better and then just pure coin flips. Yep. You know what? It I actually, hope I hope this is at least entertaining. Um you even know it might be maddening. You know what it madness. March madness. Right. You know what it does is it actually replicates the insanity of the tournament. That's why we're doing this. Oh, I forgot to mention before we dove back in. This isn't meant to be any sort of scientific or serious thing. This oh, no, is meant did, to be a... F- did I mention that? You mentioned Okay, that. I had to do it again, because this is a complete joke. Because people are out there, this is bullshit. This is bullcrap. <laughs> Next, we have Tom... Randy Mar- Rhodes rocks. Come on, man. You can't question the alliteration of Randy Rhodes. Right? You know what would be pissed about that is Shock Jock Jock. That's right, yeah. We, we haven't heard tell of him in a while. We haven't. Uh, I'll just quick update on him. It's not great. <laughs> His life has taken a turn. Um, we've tried to be in contact with Shock Jock, and he has 
<laughs> it's been tough to, to get a hold of him. We've, you know, it's funny. As soon as we introduced uh, all these segments in a more uh, structured format, <laughs> Shock Jock seemed to uh, go by the wayside. That's kind of interesting. It is interesting. You know what we'll have to do? We'll have to have him on a pre-show sometime yes. soon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know how much he really fits with what we're no, doing. No, no, no. He's, he he's an interesting cat. Um, we got Tom Morello. First, uh, the one seed in the 90s, 2000s bracket, going up against a plucky eight seed, uh, Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine. Quick note on this, Sean. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep saying plucky because it seems like the right word to say. I actually hate that word, and for that reason, I'm going with Tom Morello. Well, you pluck guitar strings as well, so nice little... Mm -hmm. um, If you're Tom Morello, you... That's right. That's right. I'm going. I'm going Tom Morello as well. Yeah. All right. Next matchup, we have our 12 seed Mike McCready, who won a coin flip in the first round over Johnny Greenwood. Can I just say that I listened to some of OK Computer again this week because it's its 20th anniversary coming up. I heard the solo in in uh, Paranoid Android and just wept a little bit. Well, Jake, I listened to Alive by Pearl Jam, and he shreds, so fuck you. He moves on. He moves on. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, Mike McCready <laughs> going up against Kurt Cobain, the four seed. Couple of uh, early 90s guitar heroes We've here. got a different style of play. Honestly, I'm going with my boy McCready again because right, it's going- funny, and uh, yeah, going McCready. Okay, I'm going Cobain because I... Love Kurt Cobain <laughs> because I'm logical. I mean, the thing is, the thing, the argument you could make is: is this a guitar competition or is it a songwriting overall influence That's competition? Right. Uh, I'm still going Cobain. Okay, all right, here all we right. go. Because I think he influenced to the, the sound. I'm gonna ride coin flips for Springsteen a 12 seed and McCready a 12 seed all the way to the championship. Okay, well, I really hope not. All right, here we go. Heads is Cobain, tails is McCready. Tails. Yes. Yes. Mike McCready somehow, some way, gets to the Sweet 16 after felling two of Jake's like favorite musicians of all time. This is honestly, I I wasn't really mad last week. I'm a little mad this week. <laughs> I, you know what? It doesn't it actually doesn't. You know matter. what's fun? We get to immediately do the next round. Mike Mike McCready will be back in the queue in uh, about two minutes. Against Tom, Tom Morello. So we'll see how that goes since I have less of a, a dog in that fight. <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, John Frusciante of Red Hot Chili Peppers, the sixth seed in this region, going up against three seed John Mayer. Um, this is such a blob So one here to are me. two guitarists, Sean. Yeah, both named that John. That I wish... What? Both named John. Both named John. Um, I just noticed that I misspelled John. I just noticed that in the spreadsheet his name is Ja, J O H, Father John Misery. These are two guitarists, Sean, where if only Kurt and Johnny matched up against them, they'd be moving on. They'd That's be dancing. That's true. That's true. But, you know, luck of the draw. We're going McCready. I'll tell you what's happening right here. I'm going to go coin flip on this because we still need John Mayer as the villain. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I, I mean he's yeah. he's a great guitar player. Yeah, just yeah. Let's flip the coin. I don't have a strong feeling. I don't either. Tails, tails. wins the day. Okay, that is all tails today. Yeah, it is. Wow. For, so that's John Frusciante for, for breakfast. Uh, John Frusciante. All right, final matchup of the '90s 2000s bracket or region. We have our seven seed Annie Clark, who almost lost in a coin flip last week. Yeah, but Sean wins every coin flip. Going, I, I almost have. You've. 
Today I have. You've won every... Well, that one doesn't count. It's Tails right. has won every one. Right. And you've just been trying to I've be... I've been a, picking up sets. You, what you've been doing is you've just been trying to be an agent of chaos. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so we have Annie Clark, the seven seed, going up against Jack White, the two seed. This is a tough one for me. Yeah. This is really tough. I... I, I'm picking Annie Clark here because Jack White in recent years has annoyed me a little bit with all of his antics yep. and the shit he says and how he thinks he can make a record out of just inanimate objects, how he wants to like carve a record into insert matter here. Right. Like I think I referenced Plato last week. Yeah, you know, true. I, I'm going Annie Clark here. Fair enough. I'm going to bring it to the coin. Okay, just fair, to, fair enough. Just because this feels like something where this would be a tough matchup. And if, if Annie Clark were to win, it would be a game that was tight and, yeah. and sort of tough. So I'm going to I'm gonna make it a little harder on okay. her. Okay, okay. Tails never fails. Tails. Yes. Annie Clark. Tails undefeated. So just just to be clear, listeners, in the 90s, 2000s bracket, we now have Tom Morello going chalk there. (laughs) Then we have 12 seed Mike McCready, (laughs) 6 seed John Frusciante, and 7 seed Annie Clark. Oh, this is a wide open bracket. This is definitely definitely the region that just is weak. It has like the Pac-12 teams in there that aren't very good. Uh, In... No one's worried about them in the final four. Let's just put it that way. True enough. All right, so let's go back to the 50s and 60s, and let's do our Sweet 16 matchups, and we'll get down to the Elite Eight. So we have Jimi Hendrix, the one seed, going up against Chuck Berry, the five seed here. It's got to be Jimmy, right? I'm going Hendrix here. Um, Excuse me while I kiss the sky. (laughs) Or this guy, depending on how you heard (laughs) it. Yeah, that's right. Because some people misheard it. We had George Harrison, the six seed. Um, of the Beatles going against Eric Clapton, uh, the two seed. So the favorite here is Clapton. Oh, this is an interesting matchup because Eric Clapton stole away Patty Boyd from George Uh, Harrison. This is the Patty Boyd Bowl. This is the Patty Bowl. Yeah. The Patty Boyd Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think objectively Clapton's the better guitarist here. I'd feel better. Weird about putting Harrison over him. Oh, would you? Yeah. Would you yeah, feel I would weird feel, now? Wouldn't feel right about it. Oh, oh, now you're gonna. Now you're gonna. <laughs> hey, hey, Sweet Sixteen's a different story, Jake. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> Anything can happen in the first two rounds. That's it's, right. it's madness. It's March Madness. All right, we're going coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This will be right. our first heads all night. Okay. Clap, then we'll move on. Odds are it will be heads. <laughs> yeah. Clapton moves on. Slow hand. George Harrison falls. Okay. It's, it's actually hilarious. It is. How, how many coin flips are going my way. All right. So uh, the next one we got here, Jimmy Page, the one seed, mm-hmm. going up against David Gilmore, the four seed. That's right. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say and what you're going to do here. You're going Gilmore over Page, aren't you? What are you, you doing? I'm going Jimmy Page all the way. Hmm. It's Jimmy Page. That's what the logical choice is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You that, want to test the coin again? That's what makes most sense. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let yeah, me ask you yeah, this. Go ahead. Which guitarist, outside of, <laughs> as he flips the coin between his fingers, out, outside of this tournament, which of these guitarists do you objectively think is better? Jimmy Page. Okay. Okay. But for chaos sake, I might bring this, the coin. This sounds like a revenge. You're, cha- you're chasing ghosts here, Jake. You're chasing ghosts. You know Jimmy Page deserves to be in the Elite Eight. He does. But he'll have to earn it through a coin flip. <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to see what I happens. I just have a feeling this is going to go my way. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Jimmy Page heads, David Gilmore's tails. 
I'm totally chasing it now. Heads. Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Undefeated on the coin. You know what? Reason wins the day there. I actually agree with that outcome okay. for what okay. it's worth. Good, good. David good. Gilmore falls. Next, we have Neil Young, the six seed, going up against Jeff Beck, the two seed. Um, so, I'll be honest, the whole Jeff Beck, I've never listened to him thing is less funny the second time in one episode. <laughs> yep. I kind of want him to lose now. I do too, but also, as is, is Neil is. Young strong enough to actually go on and beat him here? It doesn't feel like Neil Young deserves to be in the Elite Eight. That's fair enough. Um... I kind of want to go Neil. Because I just don't know any Jeff Beck songs. And, and is that fair? Absolutely not. No, no. I, I'm going Jeff Beck on reputation. All right, I'll join, I'll join you there. Okay. I'll Did you, you just there. not want to lose another coin Fair is fair. Fair okay. is fair. Because so we you're chasing coin flips now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just won. Yeah, it, dude, it's like a drug. It's like a high I'm chasing. Yes. All right, uh, so we went chalk there. We have the one and two seeds in both of oh, those. Oh, we went chalk. In both of those brackets. I think we knew that was going to happen. Here's an interesting one for you, Jake. What yeah. do we got here? You got Eddie Van Halen, the one seed in the 80s bracket versus uh, Bruce Springsteen. The 12th seed. I like this run that Bruce is on. I'm going to keep it going. I pick Bruce. Okay, I'm going to have to defend. Eddie's a better guitar player. So we're Is gonna, he? Let's yeah. let the coin tell us. We will. We'll see what the coin has to Heads say. Heads, Eddie. Tails, Bruce. Heads. God damn it. The All run right. comes to an end. All-time run, though, by Bruce Springsteen. It's honestly a miracle he got that far. One. This goes in the CBS Sports One Shining Moment montage at That's the right. end. That's right. What's our next one? We have Slash, the three seed, going up against Stevie Ray Vaughan, the two seed. Here's the deal. Okay. I think Stevie Ray Vaughan is probably a better guitarist. Mm-hmm. I don't know Stevie Ray Vaughan as much as I do Slash. Okay. We just talked about how we like a lot of what Slash does. Sweet Child of Mine. Not to mention the fact, I mentioned this last week, I played Slash in Guitar Hero 3. You won. And I beat him. We're kind of boys. I, I, I'm I going Slash here. Here's my logic here. I'm going to go Stevie Ray Vaughan because you beat Slash at a guitar off. I don't know how you good You might have just convinced me. Yeah, because you just okay. beat... You, if you can beat Slash, you who doesn't really play guitar... Right. Uh, you know, we, we, the thing is, Sean, is if we had seen Stevie Ray Vaughan in Guitar Hero... We'd know really what his chops were, where they That's were at. Right. The thing is, we'll never know because he died in a plane crash. That's true. So he moves on. Okay, all right. Well, he's moving on. So, so far, we're all chalk. We're all one and two seeds going Good. into the Elite Eight. That is going to change with our 90s and 2000s bracket. That's right. We have, once again... Oh, this is you, actually. Okay, this we is got you. Tom Morello, one seed going against Mike McCready, which just means coin because Sean's going to chase... I, yes, I honestly think... McCready's better. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I don't think that. You don't. But we're going coin. Right. Because also, I also beat Tom Morello in Guitar Hero. So if we're mm. using the same logic, Jake. We're going coin flip. We have to go coin flip. We do. Okay, here we go. Tom Morello's heads. Tails. Yes! Oh my god, yes. You have no idea how happy this makes me. Mike McCready has beaten Johnny Greenwood, Kurt Cobain, and Tom Morello hey, in, Jake, in this guitar off. Have you heard the solo in Alive? Yeah. Have I mentioned that? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good it. solo. And I'm sure Mike McCready's a very competent guitar player, <laughs> to use your, your verbiage. 
And here he sits in the Elite Eight after beating three of my favorite guitar players from the era. What do we have next? Okay, we have John Frusciante, the sixth seed, going up against Annie Clark, the seventh seed. I think this is one where Logic kind of has to win the day. I think Annie Clark probably wins out on this one where she's probably, you know, I think Annie Clark moves on. John Frusciante was a great, great guitar player, Sean. <laughs> this has turned into just spite at this point. It's turned into a competition. Okay, let me ask you this again. Let me ask you this. I think a lot of people would argue John Frusciante is a better guitar would player. Would you argue that, though? I have not listened to a ton of St. Vincent, and I have not listened to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, Are we going coin? Are you forcing this to the coin? He was a six seed, Sean. She was a seven. That's basically the same. And you know what? She was in a mid-major... And she went undefeated in her conference. The only reason why she was ranked a little bit lower is because she wasn't in as big of a conference as John Frusciante was. John Frusciante, big label guy, St. Vincent, Annie Clark, smaller label. That I, logic holds true. I I like Annie Clark um, on the basis that she's sort of the underdog here. Okay. So I, I like okay. her moving Annie on. Clark. Annie Clark moving on. All right. So that there you have it, folks. We have our Elite Eight. We have Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton squaring off next week in the 50s, 60s region. We have Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck, the ultimate chalk outcome in the <laughs> yep. 70s bracket. Um, we have Eddie Van Halen against Stevie Ray Vaughan. Again, more chalk. And then we have Mike McCready of Pearl Jam versus Annie Clark of St. Vincent. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, Sean, just a Cinderella tale for both of them. It really, really is. Just Mike McCready all the way to the chip. Have you probably, probably. <laughs> although you're gonna have to. Pick this is, next week. I know, I know. It's gonna be tough. That's right. I'm gonna lose sleep over that. All right, we'll be back next week. With that, we have our final segment, though. One more segment. Final segment. Uh, everyone's favorite. Two truths and a lie. It was Jake's pick this week. Who do we have? Um, I picked Drake. Uh, because Sean is the Drake expert. I want to see... Meatballs with the pasta. So, one truth is gone. Because my first question was going to be meatballs with the pasta. Um, okay, so here we go. Two truths and a lie. Drake. One. Drake's father, Dennis Graham, was a semi-successful musician in his own right. In his younger years, he played drums alongside country singer Jerry Lee Lewis. Number two. The Washington Post editor, Maura Judkiss credits Drake for popularizing the phrase YOLO in the United States. Number three, while Drake was raised in Toronto, the six, he was born in his father's hometown of Tallahassee, Florida. <clears throat> the first one is absolutely true. Okay. Um, I believe, yeah, Yo, yeah, the motto, YOLO. I think that's also true. I'm going to go with the third one as the lie. You nailed it. Yes. That's, that's, that that's was, a, you know what? Yeah. That's a Drake uh, lifer right that's there. A, yeah. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yep. That one. It was it was pretty easy. It was yeah. a pretty easy one. Kind of cobbled it together last minute. That's okay. That's it, okay. You got, you got one last week. I got one this week. It's good. It's Yeah. It's, that's, it's, what, that's good. That's yeah, good. I uh, was interested to see that Dennis Graham was a drummer for yes. Jerry Lee Lewis. That is... Yes. I, I wasn't sure you'd know that specific part of it. Yes. So good for you. You know what? Fun fact. Uh, I actually was lo just reading the Drake Wikipedia page like two days ago. Okay, so <laughs> so that, that helps. So where I went wrong, Sean, <laughs> was getting all of this off Wikipedia. That was yeah, my bad. That was yeah. my bad. And the thing is, is that and really all of them were probably lost. You know what? I specifically was looking up. Who is on the cover of More Life? Because I was like, I think that's his dad. Is it his dad? And it's his dad. I thought it might be. And I was reading about 
his dad. <laughs> so I was immediately like, okay, that's true. So you got me. Yeah. Get, big so, win. Big win yeah. this week for you. Yeah. Okay. Good packed episode. That's going to be a long one. Is a lot of. That's going to be a long there one. There was a lot in that one. Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing we kept the, the pre show. Pre show, like non existent. Yeah, there's not much. Sorry, listeners who are still around. Um, yeah. After the show, there's not a whole lot for no. you. No. But you'll hear our voice for another minute. 15 seconds. Yeah. To a minute. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks, y'all. I went with y'all this week. Pasta. We on a mic. That seems potentially insane. No long talker. He's a big buck buck. A big buck buck. That's a little Drake for you. No big deal. There's, there's, I thought that was Drizzy himself in the studio. Well, I didn't realize. You know, Aubrey Graham. You never know with him. He could be here right now. He, he's so prolific. He could be anywhere making music right now. It That's doesn't right. really make sense. That's right. He why. talks about how hard he works all the time. <laughs> so. He did, you, you know, it's like Drake, you know, show me, don't tell. Yeah. Show, and, don't tell. And he does, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, he, big output. A lot of output. Yeah. He he doesn't need to tell, though. That's the thing. That's, it's like, yeah. we, we get it. Right. Like you, yeah, We're getting, like, 22-song albums. You record like, a lot. Consistently. Yeah. So. It's a lot of content yeah. all um, the time. Yeah. I, I honestly don't have much pre-show. I'm, I'm hyped up for, for what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to be a long episode. Yeah, so, I, I don't have much pre-show either. It would be a shame to force it. We could, yeah, I know. Let's let's just dive in. We could just jump in. I feel yeah. like I just got tired right before Dude. this episode started. I need to pep myself up. You know what I'm gonna go do is do a, a bump. I'm oh, okay. Go, oh, yeah. Mm, mm, oh, yeah. we'll we'll cut that out. Yeah, cut yeah, that part. We neither of us do coke all no. the time. <laughs> <laughs> just for the for the record, listeners. <laughs> That's actually true that we don't. We don't. I, we, we don't. I've never even seen it in person. Neither have I. Be like, I'm such a f- like fucking nerd that I'd be like afraid. Nark. <laughs> you nark. Yeah. Remember when you and Josh were calling me a nark? <laughs> yeah. That, that whole hotelier concert. Was it hotelier or car seat headrest? Car seat headrest. Yeah. I mixed them up. Yeah. We were on the other wow. balcony. Wow. Was that is that a nark? Is that a wow moment? <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, it looks like I'm recording lower, but I, I don't Is it because you're a fucking narc? Hold on, let me just pause. Okay, yeah, I'm good. All right. I think we're fine. Okay, are we recording? We good? Yeah, we're back on. Okay. We're back on. All right, all right, ready? Ready. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one...